Welcome back to Extra Credit, a TransUnion card and banking podcast with Craig LaChapelle and me, Josh Turnbull. This is our third episode coming out in February, and Craig and I are both really excited to have Jim Block joining us today. Jim is the COO and Executive Vice President at BCU, a larger credit union based in the Chicago area, but serving members across the country. We've asked Jim to join us today to talk about their use of trended data, how they're using data in general at BCU, and how they think about balancing that with some of the, the front-end investments and digital capabilities. So we're going to have Jim on in just a second and have a, a fantastic conversation to get his perspective on that and to see if he thinks that the prediction we made that 50% of the scores are going to be trended scores at the end of the year is right on or off the mark. Before we get Jim on the line, I've forgotten to mention, if there's any questions from folks out there that you want us to opine on or you know any topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know at the email address, extracredit at transunion.com. Jim Block, welcome to the podcast. Really appreciate the time. If you could spend a few minutes introducing yourself, I think we'd really appreciate that as well as the listeners. Right. Yeah. My name is Jim Block. I, uh, I work at BCU. We are uh, about a $5 billion credit union that uh, has members across the United States and uh, have had a good uh, uh, you know, track record of trying to do some different interesting things on the, on the lending side. So I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation and talk about you know, some of the things that are coming down the pike in the future. So appreciate your, uh, your having me on your, your podcast. Perfect. So thanks, Jim. And uh, wanted to get started. You know, not everyone may know this, but uh, BCU is also the, the TransUnion Credit Union. And uh, I think I shared this with you, but I'm in the, the process of buying a home and decided to do it with BCU. And um, just wanted to say before we get started here that that experience has been nothing short of phenomenal, uh, you know, from, from the digital front end tools with the checking account and the mortgage application to um, the people who've been beyond attentive and um, Terry, who's in the processing group, is amazing and hope you keep her around. Um, and, you know, when I when I bought my last place, I remember the, the weeks before closing, uh, just a lot of kind of anxiety and wondering, you know, waiting for the, the clear to close to come in. And I'm, I'm two weeks out from closing on this place and already have the, the clear to close. So um, just wanted to say it's been a, an amazing experience. Well, great, Joshua. <clears throat> Number one, we appreciate your membership. We appreciate uh, our relationship with TransUnion. We appreciate uh, uh, the feedback. We're always looking for ways to uh, to make the experience better for both our, our borrowers and our depositors, and uh, and investing on the the UI and the other uh, you know the other aspects that we can to try to make the you know continuous improvement in in our processes and our products. So. Appreciate hearing from the member's perspective. You know, member myself, I, I, I get on my loans through BCU. So uh, uh, we definitely eat our own cooking with regards to, you know, what the experience is. But I definitely appreciate the feedback and uh, we'll pass that along to the team. Thank yeah, great. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, and then, you know, one one question, Jim, I wanted to get out of the way because I know this is going to, to really suck all my attention until I get the answer, but I uh, was hoping to get an update on the wedge. And the wedge in your basement. Oh, <laughs> it is gone. It's that, gone. That, yeah, that that no, that's funny. The the uh, yeah, we had a a foam wedge, uh, you know, a gymnastics uh, uh, foam wedge, and my daughter came home from college and uh, was asked to do 
I don't know if tutoring is the right word, but was asked to be a, a gymnastics instructor to an aspiring young gymnast. And, uh, and the wedge went to that individual's house and never came back. So I don't That's know if I'll good. be seeing it again, but I'm quite happy that it's out of my basement because it was enormous. That's good. Well, the last time I saw it, it was a couple months ago and it was at a, a CLO meeting and there was another yep. CLO and there was this scheme being cooked up on you know, her, her in-laws had a private plane. And so could you get it to some private airstrip and they were going to put it on a Cessna to get it to join. I, you know, walked away and said, Oh my God, that's never going to happen. So I needed to, I wanted to know what was, uh, what was going on with the wedge. Yeah. The, the, the urgency to get it out of my basement was greater than the urgency of, uh, of, of, you know, <laughs> of that individual and, and their flight plans. So, uh, so no, that, that didn't happen, but yes, it is gone mission accomplished. So I'm glad you no longer thanks, have thanks for checking in on that. Yeah, no, it's been keeping me up. Um, but uh, so, so in all seriousness, let me let me hop in with. Um, oh no, Craig, you you wanted to. Um, we had a couple of trivia questions. Jim, we do have a few uh, trivia questions for you to test your uh, background or at least your understanding of credit union history. Um, we will be gentle though. Only three of them. So the first question for you is: Which president? sign the Federal Credit Union Act. Wow. You've got multiple um, choices. No, Craig, you've got multiple choices. You need to get right. yeah. Need all right. All right. I, I was guessing Roosevelt, but you know oh, that was you before it. I was born. So you got, uh, you got it. Who needs who needs multiple choice? All right, number two. And I'll remember this time to give you the multiple choice questions. <laughs> Where is America's Credit Union Museum? A, Madison, Wisconsin, B, Burlington, Vermont, C, Silver Spring, Maryland, or D, Manchester, New Hampshire? That's a tough one because I thought it was in Washington, D.C., but I'm guessing, I'm guessing, um, man, that's a tough one. I'm going to guess Burlington. We'll give you another guess. I'm going to guess New Hampshire. Correct. We can edit this so you get it right on the first try. That, no, that's good. That's that's fine. I, I did not know the answer to that. Neither did I. These are all from the twisted mind of Josh Turnbull. <laughs> um, the third and final question. With the signing of Executive Order 11580 on January 20th, 1971, President Richard Nixon did what? A, approved the logo for NCUA, B, mandated secret tape recordings of credit union board meetings, C, establish the White House Employees Benevolent Association Credit Union, D, prohibited passing out lollipops in branches without parental consent. I'm gonna have to go with A because I feel like the logo seems very 70s-ish in, uh, but I, I know they redid it recently, but I, it, for a long time, it felt very 70s-ish. Correct. Nice job, Jim. There we Very go. Jim, thanks for playing along with us uh, so far, but we'll, we'll get into the meat of it and I think why people are, are listening here. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that we talked about in the last episode was the, the migration to trended scores and the take we're seeing there. And I went out on a limb and predicted that by year end, we're going to see 50% of the scores we're passing back to credit unions being trended scores. So um, just curious, you know, do you think I'm I'm uh, that's uh, too bold of a prediction, or, or what do you think, and uh, what do you think is going to get us there? 
Yeah, so I, I think that's a reasonable reasonable assumption. I, I think it's the the long pull of getting trended scores actionable is is really the the work that the loan origination systems need to do to be able to digest it and serve it up to the credit unions. I, I don't think it's the credit union seeing the value of the trended scores or understanding the predictiveness of the trended scores. It's usually how hard is it to you know to get it to a place where it can be used for decision making. Um, and I'm, I know they've been, you know, at it for, for years. So I, I'm quite sure that there's, you know, good progress that's going to be made this year. Um, so I, I, I think that's a, you know, it's, it's probably a good, a good prediction. Um, you know, one of my concerns about trended scores is the, you know, the last two years where it's been a very benign, you know, economic um, environment for a lot of borrowers just because of the, the sheer amount of stimulus that borrowers have benefited from. Um, you know, the future won't look like the past. So some of that trending, I think, has uh, a little bit less value than it did, you know, when the scores were all being developed and designed and, uh, and considered. But I, I do think in the future, um, you know, the you're not going to see the kind of stimulus you saw the last couple of years. So the, the trending is the right, you know, is the right uh, the methodology that we should be using and, and the right, you know, people always say that the, you know, the past is no predictor of future events or whatnot, but uh, for most borrowers, there's, uh, it's, it's a very good predictor. Yep. No, that helps. Thanks, Jim. You know, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned a lot of the investment that BCU makes on front-end experience, and then you talked about uh, the fact that you've you've really gone all in on, on trended scores and data. How do you think about balancing some of those investments on you know, things on the front-end versus the, what I would call back-end, maybe, you know, better data, better analytics, and and as you think about how to better serve members, where you, how you balance those and where you make investments? Yeah, I, th I think balance is the right word there. I mean, you we are aggressively investing in building out our data capability. You know, we, we have a big data modernization um, program of projects going on right now that are designed to ensure that we've got high quality, highly usable um, data across our enterprise that can be used for predictive modeling and can be used for operational you know, communication and things. So it's, uh, uh, we're definitely investing on data. We're definitely investing in, in our credit risk function, um, but we're also definitely investing in, uh, in, in UI and, and replacing the, the, the user, the member experience, you know, from our, within our digital banking platforms, within our, our uh, new member application, within our, um, you know, the loan applications, both on the mortgage side and on the consumer lending side. Um, so, so, you know, that's just the way that it, it's just the way the future is to be simultaneously and consistently investing in a digital transformation that is end to end and just making sure that you don't have blind spots and, and all of your, um, you know, your, your tech stack is designed um, in order to really be able to leverage the, the different components of the, uh, um, you know, both the front end and the back end. So I, you have to balance it. Otherwise you're going to end up, you know, lagging on one side or the other. Great. Hey, Jim, let me uh, jump in and ask a question. What types of competitive advantage are you seeking to obtain with these uh, investments? Well, we want to, well, on, on the front end side, the goal is to have it be a very intuitive member experience and have as little fallout in the process as possible. 
Um, so, you know, so the, the goal is enabling as much member self-service as we can, having there be really seamless communication. And, you know, ideally, you know, kind of to Josh's experience, you want to have a, you want to have an experience where members understand not only what our product options are, but also understand the benefits and the, the relative superiority of our products in a way that's just kind of through the through the experience stream. So, so that's on the on the front end. And then in terms of the, you know, some of what we're looking to do on the uh, back end um, is really just be able to leverage all the different, um, you know, data we have, being able to look at not only making better decisions with that data, but also being able to use that data in order for have to have us be more efficient and be able to better serve our members. Um, so be able to use data to know what's, you know, what's the next thing a member is likely to do or what problems is a, is a member likely to have to trip them up because there's something, you know, there's something about the, the way that a loan on that membership looks or something that has an anomaly or whatnot. Um, so, so being able to communicate to members proactively and try to get ahead of, you know, some potential issues is, is also what we're, what we're looking at doing. But, you know, our, our credit risk group, um, you know, works, looks at the data we have and, and really looks for relationships and looks for, you know, how we can say yes more often. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just the way that we, uh, we achieve a higher level of water decisioning, higher level of confidence in our, uh, you know, how we, um, how we score, et cetera. So th there's just, there's a lot that we've done with our, um, our existing data capability that, in the future, we're really, really excited about, you know, the potential of what we can do with a broader data set. Great. So, Jim, I imagine that financial inclusion is a key area of focus at BCU. You know, that's something we see, you know, continuing to be an area of focus for all financial institutions. It's mm -hmm. not going away. It's got board level visibility. So where I'm going with this preamble is, do you see these investments in digital capabilities supporting loan growth through expanded financial inclusion? And is that one of the drivers in these investments? So we are always focused on how we can improve the financial well-being of not just our members, but of the employees of our company partners. And... So I would say yes, that is a uh, it's one of the intended benefits. Um, I can't say that it's um, it, you know it's a disproportionate benefit where we're hoping to be able to say yes to a segment that we've never been able to say yes to in the past because we've always been um, really good at being able to say yes to a big portion of our of our membership. Um, but being able to do it more efficiently and being able to do it through automated decisioning instead of manual underwriting is definitely one of the, the benefits that we expect to see. Um, also being able to you know, slice and dice and understand what, uh, what portions of our membership we may not have the right product set designed for, you know, where are there you know, groups of members that we feel like, you know what, we need to design a product, a niche product that looks like this in order to make sure that we've got the right relevant product for that member set. Um, so, so we look at, you know, we look at all different, you know, components with it, um, but we, you know, BCU invests in financial health, financial well-being of our membership. Um, we give free scores, transunion scores, but we do, we give free scores um, to our, to our members, you know, through our digital banking platform. Um, we help our members, you know, just, you know, find their financial freedom. So, we, you know, we, we, we invest in the financial health network. We, we are, 
Um, we have a lot of um, financial advisors, you know, so, that, so there's a lot that we do with that and data is one of the complementary components of that strategy. Great, thanks for that insight. Jim, the last question that I had for you is, is really on some of the competitive field. And a lot of times when we're talking to credit unions or community banks, there's a, there's a thread in the conversation looking at the big banks and the technology the big banks have, or looking at the fintechs and looking at how some of what they're doing is really appealing and, and kind of a sense of, boy, I wish we could do X or Y or Z. But I think the opposite is true and that there's, you know, for, for BCU or, or institutions like BCU, there are some things that, that you're doing or ways you're able to operate that if I'm sitting at a big bank or a fintech, I should probably be pretty envious of. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, if you share that perspective and, and if so, what are some things that you're up to that uh, would make others turn green with envy? Yeah, I, I think the biggest difference yeah. for most credit unions versus the biggest banks or the fintechs is you know, the, the breadth of the relationships we have and the depth of those relationships and how those relationships enable better behavior. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely, we, you know, we, we intend to be the depository for most of our borrowers. Um, so we, we, you know, we want an all-in member. We want a member who is going to use us for their checking account, have direct deposit, is going to use us for their credit card, is going to, you know, get all of their car loans with us. When it's time for them to buy a house, they're going to be using our, our home advantage, you know, program in order to, uh, uh, save money on their, you know, their realtor costs, and then uh, also use their use us for their mortgage because they get a better rate than they would anywhere else. So, you know, we, we really look to have a, a deep relationship, um, and we are um, intelligent enough that we're able to look at that relationship and help it help us better serve our member because of that relationship. Um, so th there's a lot of sort of that all-in data that. Most big banks don't, you know, they, they sure have that capability, but from what we've heard from our members, um, they don't use it in order to really say yes more frequently or faster. You know, they don't use it in their auto decisioning. They use it maybe in their manual underwriting. And most fintechs just don't have that, you know, they're mostly one product companies that don't have the breadth of product relationships that they can learn from and leverage in order to have it be a consistent loop on how to better serve that member in the future? Or how do you make sure that the product is really relevant to that member based on what you know about that member? Um, so from, from that perspective, I do feel like credit unions are very well positioned. We're always acting in the best interest of our member. You know, we're, we're not beholden to um, you know, demands of shareholders and profitability and things. So we have, we have patient money that we can invest in improving the member experience, improving the product set, improving the, the value back to our member. Um, and so without sort of, you know, competing priorities, it's really, it's really helpful to be able to just, you know, be creative and constantly be investing on, on what's going to be something that's sustainably a great product for our member. And I think, you know, investors in, in, you know, big banks or, or tech companies, you know, they, they're just not going to have that mindset. That's great, Jim. I, I absolutely agree. And I think that's a, that's a great point. Hey, Jim, it's great talking with you for the first time. I've really appreciated your perspective and insight. I think we're at the end of our allotted time with you. Again, thank you both from the bottom of our heart from uh, joining the podcast. It's been great. No, it's great. Uh, 
great being on. Appreciate it. Again, we appreciate our uh, partnership with uh, TransUnion and uh, look forward to great success from you going forward. As right. do we. Thank you. Right. And when Josh and I go big time, we'll remember you. 